Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathman, coming to you from Atlanta, trying to figure out, is this the last podcast of the 2021 season or the first podcast of the 21-22 season? We'll let you decide. We've got a great show lined up for you today. An interview as we begin our interviews with our award winners for 2021. And we will begin with the Jersey Mike's Naismith Men's Player of the Year, Luca Garza from Iowa, a delightful young man. Uh, really embodies everything the Naismith Award is all about. You'll hear from Luca in just a moment. We do want to start with our Jersey Mike's news and notes for the week, and we want to send our best along to some great, great coaches. On the men's side, Lon Kruger, retiring after 45 years as the as a head coach and the head man at Oklahoma recently. He is one of three coaches to take five different teams to the NCAA tournament, joining Rick Pitino and Tubby Smith in that regard. And I remember when Lon was coaching at UNLV, he said to me, boy, we really love living here. And, of course, he left there to go to Oklahoma. But now, in retirement, Lon and Barb are headed back to Vegas as they will be supporting their son, Kevin, who's been named the head coach of the Running Rebels. And the best to Roy Williams Retiring as the head coach of the North Carolina Tar Heels, the Hall of Famer won over 900 games, three national championships in Chapel Hill, and one of the classiest guys of all time in our game, Roy Williams, retiring at North Carolina. And Oklahoma's Sherry Cole, after 25 years retiring as the head coach of the Oklahoma women's program, took the Sooners to three Final Fours, our best to a great coach in Sherry Cole. When we come back, we'll be chatting with the man who was the 53rd winner in the storied history of the Naismith Awards, the first Hawkeye to win the Naismith Trophy on the men's side. And with Megan Gustafson winning in 2019, Iowa now joins Duke, LSU, Notre Dame, Texas, and Virginia as the only schools to ever win both a men's and women's Naismith Trophy. The Jersey Mike's Naismith Trophy winner for 2021 on the men's side, Luca Garza, right after this from Jersey Mike's. Good things come to those who wait. At Jersey Mike's, they also come to those who don't. Download our app, order ahead, and skip the line. Cut to the Chase by Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above. Well, it is a great pleasure for us to not only congratulate Luca Garza, but we have him as our guest on the podcast this week. He's making his way back to Iowa City after a whirlwind Final Four, named the Naismith Award winner over the weekend. And we're so proud and so grateful that uh, Luke has taken a few minutes here to join us. Luca Garza, congratulations, my friend. Uh, you're entering the pantheon of the greatest college players in basketball history. All the best to you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It is, it is a tremendous honor. I really appreciate you having me on here. Well, we're excited to catch up with you. As disappointed as I know you were and your teammates and coaches not to advance out of that first weekend, but you and your dad did have a chance uh, to go on to Indianapolis and enjoy the festivities. Uh, you guys have been through thick and thin together, and it seems all to me altogether appropriate uh, that you're together for the big weekend when you, of course, swept all the big awards, including the Naismith. But uh, what a journey. Uh, it gave you a chance, I guess, to, to reflect on, on where you've come from and where you're going. Definitely. You know, I, I think uh, there's a funny story that, Six years ago in Indianapolis, when, when the Final Four was uh, there in, uh, in 2015, I actually was able to go to the banquet, uh, the NABC banquet or something like that, and I saw 
Frank Kaminsky, I watched him accept the Naismith Award and, and, and a bunch of other National Player of the Year awards with my dad. And, you know, honestly, I, I don't, if you would ask us both then, we never thought I would be at this, at this stage. So it's been uh, uh, an awesome journey, and I'm excited to continue to work hard and see what that does for me. Well, thank goodness they took you out of being a goalie in youth soccer and got you on the basketball court. <laughs> yes, I, I uh my, my grandfather was a goalie, and uh, you know, I've always I tried a couple of different sports growing up, so basketball was always my favorite. You know, it's funny. Um, years ago, I was talking with Gary Williams, the former Maryland head coach, and he was talking about uh, growing up in coaching and, and getting a start. And when he was beginning his journey as a basketball coach at Lafayette, he was also the head soccer coach. And he said it was amazing to him that the skills that a soccer player must use for his footwork are readily uh, uh, applicable to basketball, uh, learning not only footwork but also uh, passing angles and movement of the ball and the teammates. Uh, so soccer is not a, a, a bad second sport to have. Uh, definitely. You know, like I said, Rafik Moussis was my, was my grandpa. He was, he was teammates with Pele. He was a conflict soccer player. And through my time in high school and just till now, you know, a lot of those drills are incorporated in terms of working on the ladder, work on my footwork. You know, they used to do the third time my year, one of the assistant coaches would bring out the ladder, and I, I, I do a, I do that for like 30 minutes every 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 day after time just to continue to work on my footwork because I wanted to become you know efficient with my. I knew I was a fast guy and I couldn't move my feet the quickest, but but I knew if I could move them efficiently that I would be able to be out there and be successful. Luca, your high school journey. Uh, back in Northern Virginia, brought you from, you know, when you were just starting out to being in, just even considered as a top 100 recruit uh, way back when, to winning the Naismith. Uh, wow, this has been quite uh, an accomplishment for you. A lot of hard work went into this. Did you ever see yourself uh, back then when you were just getting going in high school basketball to, to today where you're on top of the basketball world? Honestly, uh, no, I did not. You know, I, I wanted to always be the hardest worker, and I wanted to play the hardest. And uh, I, my, my dad and, and my grandpa and my coaches always told me that everything individually would take care of itself. I was able to go out there and, and work as hard as I could every single summer, every single off season, and try to improve myself. And, and, and quite honestly, you know, I know for sure that none of this would have happened if I wasn't um, – going to the University of Iowa. And what Coach Fran McCaffrey did for me, he changed my life. And, and the teammates I had there uh, made me look good for four years. And, and I'm just so, so grateful to have I've had the opportunity to play there and, and grow as a player, as a person, as a teammate, uh, you know, on and off the floor. So um, it's, it's been a very, very fun ride. And, I, and, and it brings me, you know, back to a quote that my high school coach used to always tell me, Coach Rizal, his father used to say a lot, left is uh, uh, that the harder you work, the luckier you get. And that's something that, you know, things in my head and it's something that I'm going to continue to, to chase after because I've gotten pretty lucky so far. Well, you've earned that luck. You've worked so hard. You mentioned Chuck Grizzell. And, of course, if you're going to play for Chuck, that means you're going to play for Lefty, too, because he, he's going to be right there every step of the way. you got to have a great Lefty Grizzell story, right, from, from high school? Yes. So I was uh, – I have, a, I have a couple. So I, my junior year of high school, I was playing, and this time, you know, my biggest offer was Iowa, but a, a lot of schools weren't recruiting me as much, and this was the first time 
lefty actually ever saw me play in person. So he came down to Delaware to slam dunk on the beach, and I played two back-to-back games, and, you know, I, I, I had a really good weekend. I played very well. I shot the ball well, scored on blocks. I did everything I wanted to do. We split. We went one and one We played a very good team the second day and weren't able to beat them. Um, and, and Coach Coach Lefty came up to me and was like, where do you want to go uh, to college? At this point, you know, I was always dreaming about schools like UNC or Duke, and I was like, you know, I'd love to maybe, you know, play at UNC or Duke or something like that. He's like, all right. He goes and calls Coach K and Roy Williams the next day, and, and, and it was it was, it was was crazy because no one had seen me in that light. You know, obviously Iowa was my only only big-time offer, and a lot of other schools didn't see me as a high-major player, but him being a Hall of Fame coach to see me in that light was something that – that was amazing. And I think the second story I have was I was going to, to work out in front of uh, some people that were, you know, important in the NBA. They were going to, you know, watch me and see me. This was last summer. I was doing an individual workout. They were going to watch me. And he calls me beforehand and, and he's asked me about it and everything like that. And he was just like, make sure you bring your shoes. And that was his most, most important lesson to me was to make sure I brought my shoes. He said he had a player back in the day who got his shoes to an NBA workout. And it was embarrassing and hurt him in the end. So I made sure I brought my shoes that day, um, and, and it was, it was it's been great. You know, he calls me all the time. Um, it's so awesome to have someone like that in your life. Um, I remember I'd always work out with Coach Giselle, you know, one-on-one in my high school gym. And, you know, if he, could, if he was forgetting a drill or something like that, he'd, he'd FaceTime Lefty, and Lefty would answer and, and, and basically coach me through, through the drill right there. I am not surprised. Those are great stories, Luca. Uh, let's talk about Iowa. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you you go down now with your number retired and all the accomplishments that you've had as one of the greatest athletes in any sport at Iowa, and that is a lengthy list indeed. But what does it mean to you to be a Hawkeye? Uh, it means it means everything to me. You know, when I, I came into uh, Iowa as a kid from D.C. who had never – you know, been to the Midwest, and the, the people of Iowa accepted me as family, and I just fell in love with the campus, I fell in love with the people, I fell in love with the fans, uh, and the university, and I, I just, it gives me so much pride, um, you know, that I was able to represent that university for four years and put on that jersey, you know, it, it just, it, it really means everything to me, and, and to be able to, you know, obviously I wanted to bring more team success uh, to the school. I wanted to win the Final Four. I wanted to win the national championship, but, but I, I wasn't able to do that. But I am very excited. I was I was able to bring prestigious awards like the Nathan Trophy uh, to Iowa for the first time. Well, it's uh, it's so well deserved. You know, Luca, basketball, as you know, is such an emotional game, and you get to the end of the year, and it's play, practice, travel, class, you name it the ups and downs of a season with winning and losing. And then when that last game doesn't go your way, it just stops cold, just stops. And everything that you've known at Iowa and really through your entire amateur career has come to an end. And and I think for, for someone like you who has accomplished so much, you've handled it so well. Um, trying to keep all these emotions under wrap is not an easy thing because – these are dear people who have meant so much to you, and I know that you want to give back to Iowa as much as you possibly can. Definitely. You know, I think when I walked off that floor, um, you know, in, in Indianapolis for the last time, I think that's when when all the emotions really hit me, um, you know, of just being able to 
to how far I've come at the University of Iowa to, you know, everything that's happened to me throughout my career um, and, and to obviously, you know, endure the failure of not being able to go as far as you wanted to go. Everything hit me at once, and it was just a real surreal moment for me. And I think, you know, the only other moment comparable was when, you know, my jersey was retired in terms of the amount of emotions I felt in one second. Um, so both of those moments were, uh, you know, I was just overcome with emotion, just of, of gratitude and, 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 and I, I obviously guilt uh, after the Oregon game, but just I wasn't able to do it um, for my school, for my university. And I just hope, you know, at the end of the day that, you know, I gave half as much back to the University of Iowa as, as they gave me. It just, like I said, it really means the world to be a hot guy. Tell us about your relationship with Coach McCaffrey. Definitely. You know, me and Coach McCaffrey are, are really close. You know, since my sophomore year in high school, he saw me, he recruited me. I got close to his son, but, you know, me and him, you know, it, it's it's unique. You know, going through that process, most of the time I would, I would be recruited by assistant coaches. But, you know, the whole time being recruited to Iowa, it was Coach Frank. He was calling me. He was texting me. He was always making sure I was okay. He was coming to my games, everything like that. Um, and that meant the world to me. And we just got closer and closer. And when I got to Iowa, it already seemed like I had been playing for him for a couple of years. And so my four years in my development under him and, and his offense and, and what he taught me and how, how to play the game at the college level, I, I just, you know, I try to learn every day. I try to soak all the knowledge I could up from him. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so thankful. You know, I, I, his, him and his family have changed my life. And, and, and off the court, he is, you know, obviously he's fiery and competitive on court when he's coaching us. But when he's off the court, he's a, he's a family man. He's a hilarious guy. Uh, he's great to be around. I, I go to his house and eat dinner and, 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 and do all this sorts of stuff. And it's so awesome to be able to get close to him for four years. And he's someone that, you know, is going to be in my circle for the rest of my life. Well, we should tell everyone that you are making your way back on, on a drive from Indianapolis to Iowa City. Tell us about the guy sitting in the front seat with you, your dad, Frank. So my dad and I uh, have always been, you know, more than a father-son relationship. You know, he's been a friend to me. He's been a, a coach, a trainer, you know, all all wrapped into one. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful you know, for him because um, he's pushed me every single step of the way. You know, when I go home, when I go home to train and get ready for the next season, you know, he, he is my coach. He's my trainer. Uh, we study film together and, and him and all of my family, you know, and my grandfather and, and my uncles and everybody, you know, contributes in a different way. But my dad, you know, in, in all of my four years at Iowa, and, you know, I think he missed he missed two games maybe uh, being there. And he was always there, road or home. He was there supporting me and, and there for me every step of the way. When things weren't as easy, uh, when I wasn't as good uh, to now, you know, he's been there every single step of the way. And so I'm so thankful that you know, he's been along for this part of my journey. And, and I'm, I'm grateful because – not every basketball player you know, has a dad who is that committed uh, and that, you know, wants, you know, me to be successful, you know, more than he wants himself to be successful. So that's, you know, that's just, you know, it's unbelievable to be able to have that. And, and it's going to help me, you know, for the rest of my life because I always have him in my corner to go to uh, throughout anything I'm going through. You know, trying to do that, see your son play through a pandemic, uh, that took some doing this year, didn't it? It definitely did. You know, there were a couple of, uh, you know, road grains that didn't have, uh, you know, any fans or family there. But, you know, he had to, he had to watch from home, which was, which was new to him. But, you know, he he would stay in Iowa City when we had home stretches for, 
you know, months at a time, or a month at a time, you know, staying in a hotel, you know, away from my mom, away from my sister. And, you know, that was just the type of commitment he had to me, and that just, you know, means the world to me. Well, you're a special guy and a special family, and uh, we couldn't be prouder to have you as our 2021 Jersey Mike's Naismith Player of the Year. Just a marvelous career, Luca, and uh, we look forward to what's around the corner for you next, and we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you, sir, and good luck. Thank you so much. It's a tremendous honor. It really is. That's going to do it for this week. We will continue our interviews next week with our Defensive Player of the Year, Davion Mitchell from the national champion Baylor Bears. Looking forward to that conversation next week right here on a Trophy Life podcast. For all of us at the Naismith Awards, thanks so much for being with us all season long, and we look forward to our interviews here beginning in the offseason. So until next week, so long from Atlanta.